Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Cottage Grove, Minnesota is a quiet community with nicely kept streets full of large, single-family homes. It's a suburb of Minneapolis-St. Paul, not far from the global headquarters of 3M, the company that makes Scotchgard, Post-it notes, and thousands of other products. It's got a real small-town atmosphere, a uh, real good feel to it. And that's Myron Bailey, the city's mayor. He's just like Bob Newby, the Radio Shack guy on the show Stranger Things. He's the guy next door who wants to help, a bit of an unsung hero. And he actually has worked at Radio Shack while being mayor. Cottage Grove has also experienced some really strange events this year. Since 1947, 3M has had a factory here along the Mississippi River. And in May 2017, 3M's past caught up with Cottage Grove. At the time, I was in Las Vegas at a convention marketing our city when our city administrator received the call. The call was from the Minnesota State Health Department. The agency was about to make an announcement that would affect Cottage Grove directly. It was rolling out new guidelines, lowering the acceptable levels of a certain type of chemical in the drinking water. It said there was no emergency. The change was just to protect infants and children. Myron had known for years that certain chemicals called PFAS, or PFAS, were made and used at the 3M factory. He knew they were present in the city's drinking water, but recently news stories have been reporting more information about links to health issues like weakened immune responses, high cholesterol, thyroid disease, and cancer. So we ended up having to declare a state of emergency, and uh, we did that right after the announcement. Myron recalled how concerned some residents were when the news broke. There were some that were, you know, screaming that, uh, you know, Cottage Grove is in a, uh, what they used to, I guess, like to call a cancer cluster. I've had moms and dads call me uh, crying because they were concerned about the health of their, their children or their unborn baby at the time. This was the beginning of a long journey for Myron and his town, because it turns out the chemicals aren't just in the water in Cottage Grove. The chemicals are pretty much everywhere, and they'll likely be around forever. Hi, I'm Pia Gadkari. And I'm Tiffany Carey. And this week on Decrypted, we're exploring the dire unintended consequences of a group of chemicals that have contaminated America's drinking water. They were once seen as dazzling innovations. Now, scientific studies show there could be serious health consequences for people exposed to them, even in minute quantities. In February, 3M reached an $850 million settlement with the state of Minnesota about the issue. Afterward, the state attorney general published some of the information she'd gathered during the case, saying the company had known about the risks for decades and the public had a right to know. A spokesperson for 3M says the chemicals aren't a danger to public health and that the company has long been committed to researching the substances. 3M also says the internal memos are a small set of documents that, quote, 
portray an incomplete and misleading story and distorts the full record of 3M's work. It also distorts, quote, who we are as a company. But now those documents create a bit of a roadmap for other people who have since filed lawsuits. So even though the state's lawsuit is settled, it's not the end of the story. 3M declined to comment on any pending litigation. Stay with us. We're focusing today's story on Cottage Grove because it's one of the communities that's been exposed to these chemicals the longest. But if you look at drinking water statistics, Cottage Grove has something in common with dozens of other towns around the country, a third of the U.S. population, in fact. You just heard us refer to the chemicals as PFAS, but they've gone by lots of other names too, PFCs or FCs or fluorocarbons. They're all one group of chemicals, and it's estimated there are 3,000 to 5,000 variations of them. From here on, we'll refer to them as PFAS. And the key thing about them is these chemicals are man-made. They involve carbon-fluorine bonds, and they don't occur in nature. This is technology at the molecular level. The chemicals were developed in the 1940s, and their ability to separate out uranium helped create the atomic bomb. After the Second World War, 3M acquired the patent. From then, it got into 3M's products and those made by other companies. Things like firefighting foams, packaging for greasy fast food, and outdoor gear like jackets and tents. It also sold the chemicals to other companies like DuPont, which used them in Teflon manufacturing. Some varieties were phased out by 3M by 2002, and then it started making new varieties. Some scientists have said they don't linger as long in the human body, but there are still concerns. Today, they're used in the tech industry, in electronics manufacturing and many other places to make smooth surfaces. It's not entirely clear how many things PFAS is in. Electronics manufacturing and mining fluids have come up. The plant in Cottage Grove makes everything from post-it notes to scotch tape to reflective road signs and the smooth finish on golf clubs. Here's Myron again. 3M has got a a very large facility here in Cottage Grove. Um, They employ... I believe now it's over a thousand people in their facility here. They do more than just dealing with chemicals. They do technology. They do a variety of other things. Um, So they're very, uh, I guess you'd say, very vested in the community. Myron has lived in Cottage Grove all his life, and he's drank the water and says he's fine. But he's told me there's been a fear in the community, a fear that cancer was caused by the drinking water. We knew something was up. They knew something was up way back when this kind of all began. In fact, more than a decade ago, a local lawyer named Gail Pearson was one of the first people to look into the matter. Gail is someone who would be considered Minnesota nice all the way. She said that back in 2003, she'd been contacted by some lawyers working on a personal injury case in West Virginia. It was a case about chemicals in the water near a plant that made Teflon. Back then, it was a DuPont plant, but now it's owned by their spinoff, Kimura's. Gail realized that one of the chemicals was PFOA, a type of PFAS that had been made by 3M in Cottage Grove. She started looking into it. And actually, I went online and saw a lot of information from the Environmental Working Group and started to learn about PFAS and its contamination, not only in Washington County or West Virginia, but actually in the world. I realized this is a really important issue, and, and I had to get involved. Washington County is the larger area where Cottage Grove is located. Back when it was mostly farmland, 3M had dumped waste there and in three other towns nearby. We wanted ourselves to 
to investigate what the science was saying about the soil and the water in the area. So we actually hired our own chemist and we asked folks around the dump areas if we could come on uh, their property and test their soil samples and test their water. Along the way, we someone asked the question, what about what about the people living in this area? Where, would they be contaminated? So we that led Gail to start asking people if they would allow her to test their blood to see if this chemical PFAS was present. And as the information was coming back from the laboratory, we realized that we had a hotbed of contamination in the blood of the community. And I don't believe that the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency or the Department of Health was testing uh, human serum samples at that time. I think we were the first group that were doing this. Gail said she learned a few things from those tests, but the most striking discovery was that the concentration of the chemicals seemed to be highest in children and the elderly. She passed the information on to the Minnesota Department of Health and to the state attorney general's office. She also started building a class action case against 3M. The individuals that we actually tested and were involved um, felt very strongly that 3M had not been a good neighbor, had really violated their person, their property, and really needed to be held accountable. But Gail said she had trouble getting other people in Cottage Grove interested. Beyond the small group from whom she had taken blood samples, a lot of people she approached had personal ties to 3M. There was more of a hesitancy for those who perhaps worked at 3M, those who were involved with family members who worked at 3M. If you were outside of this this contamination area, I think there was a reluctance to hold the good neighbor 3M accountable. I think there was a reluctance for the community to really accept the fact that that something so wrong had happened so close to them. One mother I spoke with while reporting the story told me at the time she thought that bringing a class action lawsuit against 3M was absurd. Now her 10-year-old daughter has fought a battle with kidney cancer and she says she wishes she had taken action earlier. Gail's class action lawsuit never got off the ground. A judge dismissed the class action claims around 2007. But the Minnesota Attorney General, Lori Swanson, had been building a case of her own, and in 2010, she brought what's called a natural resources lawsuit against 3M on behalf of the state. So we value our resources in Minnesota highly. We, we value our water, we value our forests, we value our land so much that if you damage that, you're responsible for damages to the natural resources. All right, so it's a little different than water contamination. It's actually What Gail's explaining here is that the natural resources lawsuit alleged that damage had been done to the environment, which is different from accusing 3M of harming people. The state's lawsuit alleged that 3M should pay to clean up the PFAS chemicals and that there was damage to drinking water and local fish. Right now, we've got fish advisories in, in, in some of our lakes where you can't even eat the fish coming out of the lakes because they are so contaminated with PFAS. Proceedings in the Minnesota case rumbled on for years, but the Attorney General and other state agencies continued to look into the way the PFAS chemicals were impacting Washington County. In May 2017, the Minnesota Department of Health changed its guidelines on acceptable levels of PFAS in drinking water. That's when Myron Bailey, the mayor of Cottage Grove, was told the levels of PFAS in his city's water exceeded the new guidelines, 
and the city started looking for ways to bring the levels down below the new threshold. Then in late 2017, seven years after the lawsuit was first filed, Lori Swanson updated the case. She asked for $5 billion from 3M. She alleged there was an underground plume of the chemicals stretching for over 100 square miles. And she said it was resulting in real health problems, like elevated levels of cancer, leukemia, premature births, and lower fertility. 3M said at the time that the case lacked merit and that it was based on a mistaken belief that the mere presence of the chemicals was a harm to human health. A few months later, in February 2018, literally the night before the Minnesota trial was about to begin, 3M reached a settlement with the state. It agreed to pay $850 million without admitting any wrongdoing. Attorney General Lori Swanson held a press conference the next day. We think that uh, the settlement uh, will help solve a problem for Minnesota. It's been a problem that has been a long time in the making for many decades. These chemicals, as I mentioned, were put into the ground. And uh, we are very hopeful that the settlement can help fix that. The money in the settlement would be spent on installing filters that would get PFAS out of the drinking water for people living in and around 3M's Cottage Grove plant. If there was any money left over, they discussed dredging some of the Mississippi River and trying to find a way to bring back non-polluted fish for local anglers. I think the settlement is a very important first step to holding 3M accountable for the damage that they did, not only to this state, but this planet because of PFAS exposure. Um, it did not address personal injury actions for the the members in the community. So that component of it, what the chemical now did to the community and the harm that it has caused has yet to be addressed by that settlement. Um, The attorney general cannot bring a a personal injury-like claim on behalf of the citizens. Only the individuals can. So the lawsuit had been settled, but that wasn't the end of the issue for 3M. Attorney General Lori Swanson had one more explosive move to make. She wanted to back up her claim about a cover-up. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. So in February 2018, 3M and the state of Minnesota had agreed to an $850 million settlement. But the attorney general went a step further. As the settlement was reached, Lori Swanson posted a trove of 3M's internal emails and memos on her website. She posted dozens of documents, and I spent a long time going through them. Together, they're really remarkable. As far back as the 1960s, 3M was discussing how to avoid liability from these chemicals. And that's really only the start of it. Here's Gail again. 
Early on in the 70s, 3M was aware that this chemical did not degrade in the environment and accumulated in the environment. Gail's point that these chemicals never degrade, that's quite a problem. Scientists have said that the chemicals could persist at a geological timescale. It means they're almost like rocks. Even if dinosaurs roam the Earth again, these man-made carbon-fluorine bonds could still be floating around. The documents showed other things, too, like the fact that 3M had kept secret the locations where it was burying the chemical waste. It had not published some studies, including one that showed lactating goats passed the chemicals on to their offspring. And it didn't reveal that some of the company's own employees were suffering from immune dysfunctions, according to an analysis by a Danish scientist, Philippe Grandjean, who studies PFAS and made an expert witness report for the state. And that is significant in the sense that there's a long pattern that this company did research on the harm of this chemical, kept that information from the public, um, and and chose not to share with, with anyone until actually one of their scientists filed a resignation letter to 3M and then sent a copy to the EPA that actually shared now what was going on internally with 3M and what it knew about the chemicals and what it was hiding from authorities. 3M declined to comment on the internal memos, except to say that Minnesota had presented them out of context and that they, quote, portray an incomplete and misleading story and distorts the full record. Previously, though, 3M has said that despite decades of medical monitoring, there have been no negative consequences on the health of its own employees. Gail said that the documents were enough to show that 3M has not been forthright with the public about the information it had. It remains to be seen how this legal ordeal will end for 3M. The mayor, Myron Bailey, said he was also confused about the way 3M kept denying its chemicals were a problem. You know, I was very puzzled with, at the beginning of all of this with 3M and some of the approaches they took. Uh, spokespeople for 3M came out and said, well, we don't believe that the PFCs in the water in Cottage Grove was due to 3M. It was due to a big fire that we had at a, at a plastics plant many years ago. Well, when I when I started hearing that kind of stuff, it actually, that made me angry. And so I literally did call their government affairs person at that particular time and said, what are you guys doing? What are you saying? You know that that is not accurate. It doesn't make sense to me and it doesn't make sense to the citizens that surround your plant in Cottage Grove that you would you would say something like that because it doesn't make you look smart. It just, it makes you look like you're desperate. After the Minnesota Department of Health released its new PFAS guidelines, Myron had to shut off two of the 13 wells that supplied drinking water to Cottage Grove. That caused its own small outcry among the residents. There was a watering ban. Since then, Myron says the city had spent between 5 and $6 million getting giant new water filters installed. Filters that, by the way, he says will only be effective for about five years. The clock is ticking, I guess is the best way to put it right now. And uh, I want to make sure that our water is, is taken care of uh, within this five-year time frame. Myron thinks it could cost as much as $100 million to permanently secure safe drinking water for Cottage Grove. The money from 3M's $850 million settlement should cover that. But there are still issues like rural wells to deal with and lots of competing demands on that pool of money. 
Finding conclusive evidence of the health risks associated with these chemicals is a monumental task. Part of this is because it's one thing to do studies on cells in a lab or even on animals, but it's hard to always be exactly sure of how those findings translate to humans. Minnesota's health department said just before the settlement between 3M and the state that it doesn't see evidence of a health problem related to PFAS. But the underlying data they capture does show some worrying numbers. In Washington County, for example, where Cottage Grove is located, breast cancer from 1988 to 2012 was 7% higher. And from 1999 to 2013, Washington County had 28% more cases of chronic lymphocytic leukemia compared to the rest of Minnesota. To date, personal injury lawsuits in 3M's home state haven't had success, but the Minnesota revelations about its internal documents and a success in Ohio courts over one of 3M's chemicals have left a bit of a roadmap for other plaintiffs. In the Ohio suit, over a DuPont plant in Parkersburg, West Virginia, on the Ohio border, they won a $670 million settlement on behalf of 3,500 plaintiffs. Since Minnesota's settlement, the state of New York has sued 3M, and so has the town of Dayton, Ohio. And personal injury lawsuits have been filed against it, mostly in areas around airports or military bases that used firefighting foams with PFAS. 3M has never acknowledged doing anything wrong. It says the science is complex, which it is. The federal agency in charge of protecting people from hazardous substances has a draft report on the toxicity of PFAS. It's 852 pages long. It outlines problems like weakened immune responses and cancer. It shows how these chemicals prevent cells from communicating with each other, a key factor in forming an immune response. 3M has demanded revisions, saying there aren't enough tests on humans. This spring, the EPA said that it's taking some steps that would help regulate PFAS and even study toxicity of the newer chemicals. This chemical was never regulated under the Safe Water Drinking Act, by the way, which is why we have a situation like this one in Minnesota, where states are trying to come up with their own level, which they think is safe in drinking water. So cities and states are left to discover on their own whether people have been exposed to these chemicals. And since the molecules never degrade and have been used around the world, there are implications for people living everywhere. Back in Cottage Grove, most people have come up with a better safe than sorry approach. A couple parents I spoke with in Minnesota who had children with cancer say they've thrown out Scotchgard or switched to bottled water or gotten a strong water filter for their homes. It's the approach I keep hearing scientists say they wish U.S. regulators had taken in this situation. Better safe than sorry. Meanwhile, Myron Bailey, the mayor of Cottage Grove, hopes the worst of the situation is behind them. Thanks to the settlement, the city has funding for new water filters. And the temporary water filters are working well in the meantime, with the chemicals down to safe levels in the water. And he said relations were better between 3M and the people in his community. But there is one thing he's still waiting for. They have not apologized for anything. So at this point, I I just kind of took it for, again, unfortunately, in, in the litigation world right now, everybody... You know, admitting guilt seems to be the last thing that anybody ever wants to do, even if it's the right thing to do. And I've never heard them say, we're sorry. And that's it for this week's Decrypted. Thanks for listening. 
Do you live near a site contaminated with PFAS? Or do you work at a company that's grappling with the use of them in your supply chain? We want to hear your story. You can email us at decrypted at bloomberg.net. Or I'm on Twitter, Tiffany Carey. And I'm at Pia Gadkari. If you're a fan of the show, please take a moment to rate and review us. It really helps us find new listeners. This episode was produced by Pia Gadkari and Liz Smith. Our story editor was Emily Buso. Tiffany also has a big multimedia story about this topic up on Bloomberg.com. You can check it out to learn more about the science. And a special thanks on that story to Flynn McRoberts, John Voskel, and Christopher Cannon. Thanks also to Brad Stone, Aki Ito, Anne Vandermeer, and Magnus Henriksen. Francesca Levy is head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you next week. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.